1: Coming up next on Inside Golf Podcast, BMW Championship picks and some NFL discussion with Jeff Feinberg as well. But first, we are presented, as always, by RickRungood.com. All the stats, tools, and info that I'll be referencing on the podcast can be found over at RickRunGoods.com, My Monday article is up there already i've got a DraftKings article that will be posted on wednesday and that slack channel is always the best place to reach me with any questions throughout the week so sign up today using promo code andy just type in andy in that access code section and we would love to have you as part of the team all right i think that's all i got at the top let's talk to jeff all right, Jeff Feinberg is here. Mayo Media Netmer- Network, odds checker. That's Burt's golf. Jeff, congratulations, man. I know you've been, I, I obviously a lot of people were on him this week, but but you've been there since day one. And I I my biggest takeaway is I, I think the no-win thing, it's just it's dead with these guys. Xander, Finao, Zalatoris now. Like we're we're living in a new reality that I absolutely love.
2: Yeah, I very much enjoy having seen all these guys uh, win for Willie. I don't know that I was – from Tory Pines on, if he Flick was 28, I was in. If it was 30, it was automatic. If it was above 30, it was like a race to get in as much as I could. Um, so I, I feel like it took the right events off. Granted, they were all the right events to take off yesterday it just feels good to be over it feels good to not feel like it's something i want to even chase like i i, I mean that's not to say i wouldn't consider betting in this <laughs> week and a lot of people were on it so it felt great and it felt it felt right and you know as it doesn't take much reflecting to realize you know close doesn't matter but it's really a nose hair from having like a vintage speethian season with multiple majors and Tory Pines and a playoff win. Right. So he's um, he's super special, and I, I I mean the season is ending, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like we expect a lot of people, you expect the great things from. Once they kind of open the dam, you kind of think it could flood open, and that's kind of been a theme for some of these guys. This this year, Finau and, and Xander Scheffler um, in particular, not just getting hot, but like doing it and really on top of each other.
1: I just think it's a win for guys like me and you who love betting these guys. And now what are people going to say to us? Xander won back to back at 20 to one. Finau won back to back at 21 both times. Willie Z won sub-30. You even mentioned Scheffler. Like, Scheffler was getting there. Like, people forget because he won, like, so quickly in such a short period of time. Scheffler was getting... I remember when he blew the Houston Open in November. People are starting to say with Scheffler, too, like, ah, you guys are crazy chasing this first win with this guy. But hopefully, hopefully it happens with, with Fleetwood. But I just think, like, that argument's dead, right? Like, these guys, like... They're going to, if these guys put the, I'm not talking about guys like Cam Tringale, right? If you want to say Cam Tringale can never win, that's, that's fine. But some of these guys that are uber talented, but struggle to break through like a Xander that hadn't won in three years, they're going to, if they keep consistently putting themselves in the mix, right? They, they show us it's only a matter of time with these guys.
2: Yeah. And it can be a costly venture. um, Oh yeah. (laughs) Every time they contend, they, they kind of suck you back. In again, and then you get to full field events and the numbers get bigger and um, certainly more swings and misses. But the fun thing about golf is uh, unless you're hitting like real chalk, it doesn't take uh, it doesn't. It only takes one to make you uh, more than whole on a guy you've been riding pretty much. Unless it goes, unless it goes too long. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But you kind of said it with Scheffler. I did that draft where I'm like a runaway winner. I I took (laughs) Scheffler in the second round and people like, Hey, I wasn't a slam dunk for me. I knew I was making a decision. Like the, all the picks before that felt like they kind of were automatic. And now this was a decision and I picked Scheffler and a lot of people, not so much the people I drafted with, but like the talking heads in the comments, like that pick was really kind of taken, taken apart. So yeah, I don't know. It's just it is what it what it is. But it, 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 for the most part, it ends up just costing me a lot of money, to be honest. I do wish Fleetwood was playing because he would have fit right into the narratives that have happened in this part of the season. Uh, for me, at least for me, at least I'm sure we all, everyone has their own opinions on who that guy might be.
1: Right. I think he's probably playing Shinnecock with Harry Styles today. Um, If I had to ask you, whose career are you taking going forward? Scheffler's, uh, Scheffler or Zalatoris, who'd you pick?
2: Scheffler? He's already won the Masters?
1: No, going forward. I agree. Oh. If you're saying head start, because Scheffler's got a big head yeah, start. Yeah, no,
2: head starts. like we start today. Yeah, we, I could buy into the hyperbole, today. but I would have bought that. Like, for me, at least, at least my betting track record losing... Would have shown I was buying into the hyperbole before Phoenix, where Scheffler like got off the mat. Right. So I think next year it all kind of resets as great as Scheffler's season was. I mean, you could argue Willie's in a spot to win the FedEx Cup. If people can come at that, but I would expect if I had a fantasy draft, like on the same context I was talking about, we were drafting 2023 tomorrow, Andy. Someone took Willie Z over Scotty. I wouldn't like.
1: I wouldn't. I wouldn't raise an eyebrow either.
2: I wouldn't raise. Oh, okay, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, yeah, like we're 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 buddies, but I feel like there's some ulterior motive here, Andy. So before you get to it by <laughs> having me on today, I'm gonna get to. I'm gonna do it before you put me into a box, which is maybe why I'm on today. <laughs> I will have to take a mea culpa on, um, despite the fact that I might actually have money on him this week, in a couple of weeks it might sound silly, mm. I'm going to have to take a mea culpa on, like a lot of people, because I'm one to buy into the hyperbole, and at Christmas time I would have thought John Rom was just a wagon to, mm. I, as someone fully aware of the ultra-competitive landscape, I'm not totally shocked. Uh, but, but I guess, yeah, I don't know if I need to like me a culpa, like John Rom didn't have the season I thought he would. And it shows how fun golf is in that the players who you would, I don't mean you I'm pointing at you cause we're doing video. Other people can't do video. And you said, <laughs> I'm having internet problems. And you still said, no, we got to do video. Cause I got to see you Feinberg. So I'm going to point at you, Andy and say, John Rom didn't have the season we would have thought. But the guys that had the, the fantastic, amazing player of the year seasons for the most part are guys that 98 out of hundred of us wouldn't have picked. Right. Like if you wanted to tell me at Christmas, Cam Smith was a superstar worthy of John Romroy, Malcolm Justin Thomas, be like, I love Cam Smith. He's got all the shots. He's got the total game, but I can't like buy that. Like I'm not putting him there. Well, today he's there. Better than Rob, like I had a better season than Rom, better season than Rory, better season than Cantley, better season than whoever we wanted, up, JT, whoever you want to put there. And and Scotty Scheffler too. So I was wrong about Rom, but I feel like anyone would have been wrong for who they would have picked. And I'll just continue to say that as long as Colemore Coward doesn't win this week, I'm guaranteed a push on some like high stakes <laughs> offerings I made. Uh, at the time when that's the thing, it was like Rom v Morikawa. It wasn't Rom v Scheffler. It wasn't right. Rom v Cam Smith. It wasn't Rom v Rory. It was Rom versus Morikawa who didn't win anything this year. You know, I got really lucky. Rom won Mexico. So, I'm gonna have, <laughs> like, so that's really corny. Um, but based on the rules that said no swing season, no team event, yada, 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 Mexico counted. Mexico counted. People <laughs> I made the bets with didn't say Mexico wouldn't count. Um, so, so yeah. The, but a long-winded way of me trying to half-apologize, but yeah, dead wrong on Rom, but I think it could be deadly this week, no pun intended.
1: Uh, I completely agree. My thing with Rom has always been, I think the pendulum just swings too far in both directions. Like I think he's almost... I was never here for the... This guy's going to be number one in the world and run away with it, and there's going to be this gap. But now, I also think that he is in a position where, like people are saying, he stinks now. What's interesting about Rom, he's had a generational driving season. Like he has had him off the tee this year has been one of the greatest driving seasons of the last fifty years. Like actually, I mean, as long as we have stats, he's up there in one of the best off the tee seasons of all time. And all he has to show for it is that win in Mexico, which is really unfortunate because he's mixed this unbelievable driving season with substandard iron play, substandard short game and sub substandard putting. Right. But like I said, the guy's not going anywhere right at his worst. I've always felt at his worst. He is the sixth best player in the world, the fifth best player in the world, like even in a down year, can you really drop him outside of like the top six or seven? Yeah, you should put Scheffler ahead of him right now. You should put Cam Smith ahead of him right now. You should probably put Rory ahead of him right now. And honestly, like JT winning the PGA, like JT's had a better season than Rom, undebatably too. Um, But like at minimum, he's the sixth or seventh best golfer in the world like I still I'm if you're asking me like for next year who I'm taking he's in the conversation for the number one draft pick like if if you're doing a fantasy draft you, he's in that conversation for next well, year
2: it's like it's like I guess a Christian McCaffrey not to like take an injury but it's like okay the guy wasn't the best player last year but so might take him first overall. I don't know that I would I'd hate you know the funny thing is I would hate to have first overall in a fantasy league for twenty twenty three. I would hate it. Give me 5, give me 6. Let me get John Rom four uh, like or any of them. Like I would hate to have first pick. I talked about the decision I felt they had to make last year like in the second or, or near the at the latter yeah, no, I'd hate to be making the decision at the at the top, for sure. I, I I don't even know. But I guess I had to do it now. JT probably feels like the safest. Because his contention rate is unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. Um, and, yeah, I'm not comparing his season to, to Rom's at all. And I didn't mean to turn this into a thing at Rom. I just felt at one point today, since uh, I haven't been on with you in a while, I would have to, like, <laughs> and, and you and you – you don't waste an opportunity, I feel, to, like, I guess people don't. Rom's really polarizing. I'm, I'm a real big fan.
1: No, I, I get on him a lot. You know, and a bit of it is the... a bit and a joke with my friends, but yeah, I, I know, get on him course.
2: a lot. Um, but I feel like he'll find his uh, equilibrium again in terms of, like, work, life, Balance. I think the driving stuff comes so naturally to him. he
1: like, I was just, he hits the ball so I was talking to uh, I'm gonna have this pod come out next week. I was talking to a guy who does stats for PGA tour players. and so what he does is he goes way deeper than any of us, right? Like he's looking at courses and trying to tell this guy these guy, like, players more really
2: show hired and like his name comes up in some press conferences no, uh, he, to be
1: honest with you and and I have become friends with him but i still I, I don't think he feels comfortable sharing what players he works with i know he, he didn't he didn't tell me on air or off air i'm but, trying
2: to remember i was watching a presser last week and oh sam burns was talking about how he hired one of these
1: it might be he's high on sam burns yeah, i can tell sure. you that so it might he be hired i don't know
2: one of these math guys and he completely changed his approach to some courses and that was a course that he ended up winning at this year i forget which one? Nonetheless, um, right, right. No, the point. The, the point that he made driving. is
1: he 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 said John Rom hits the ball straighter with his driver than like anybody. I've, the reason why John Rom is a better driver of the ball of Rory, in his opinion, is because Rory tries to like do too much off the tee. That's why he's you know coming up twenty yards short on the final hole at St Andrews when Cam Smith is driving the green because he's like trying to hit a fade and do all these different things, and Rom hits the ball so incredibly straight and that is on pga tour courses on stock pga tour courses like that is a shot that is going to make you a very rich man over a very long period of time like he is a very short and repeatable swing that is going to age very very well
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Um, yeah. I don't doubt it, and I don't know where we I mean. I think what we are talking about this week in particular, you could honestly, as I joked with Mayo a few times this morning, Andy, I might've just been covering my volume hole. I'm sorry. I joked with Mayo a couple times this morning. You could put about eight of these guys in a hat and draw me one of them for this week. And I wouldn't really argue it. Like yeah. I'm going to bet inside the top, making the decision. You almost feel like you don't have a choice. Cause I, you know, you say maybe 14 can win, that honestly could be stretching it. Like you could be talking about more of like an eight to 10 number. And if someone just put the names in the hat and drew me one, there's no one. I would be like, Oh, this sucks. I'm screwed. Um, So you can give me any of them. But right now, as I sit here talking to you, it's Rom and it's JT for me. And if it just ended up being a two week, a two bullet week, I could, I could, be there if that's where I end up. Those are the two guys I'm most enamored with for this week.
1: I'm completely with you. I was heavy. I mean Rom was my guy in DraftKings last week. He was in like 75% of my lineups. He's probably going to be in the same amount this week, if not more, because I don't think I'm going to get there at 14 to one. Um I bet Justin Thomas at 17 to one and then I bet a guy at 27 and a guy at 35. So for me, the way I structure it, that's that's about it for me. So I don't think I'm going to get. I don't think I'm going to be able to get to Rom. But I'm on, I'm on the same page with you. I, I'm my concern with Rom on this course. The reason why I ultimately chose JT over Rom is that I actually don't think this course is going to play that long at all. I think it's going to be a lot of short to middle irons. I think guys are going to be pulling driver here a ton. And I want, I wish this course was a little bit longer for Rom. I wish I didn't think that this course was going to be won at 18, 19, 20 under. Not that he can't win tournaments like that, but I gave the slight edge to JT because when I went through hole by hole and mapped it out, I think you're going to have a lot of shots inside 175 yards. You got these eight par fours under 450. And you know, we JT did the same thing to Medina, the way they set this course up two years ago, where he won at 27 under par and, you know, he wins at Firestone and he wins. He's fourth at Robert Trent Jones, top 10 at congressional, like this style of golf, I think fits JT to it, to an absolute take. I think he wins this week.
2: Yeah, no, there's easy to see why. And you just trust him around the greens um, so much. And I was also contemplating Cantley. Because mm. I felt, you know, the bent grass and the and the around the green and just that one twenty five, one seventy range and bunkering and but I don't know I, at this point, like I would rather eat a point or even the same number on Rom as Cantley. Uh, but anyone around here, I can make the case for. Finau looks like it's right. Will Zalatoris is more confident with his putter than he's ever been in his life. That should be a Will Zalatoris. That's probably worth betting on it, except like, I don't think I'm going to do it. I'm not one to like, I'll tell you, if this season wasn't
1: this season's been so weird, much man. about
2: guys like getting on the <laughs> wagons, I would not even be considering even winning the, 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 the handful from, from yesterday. I wouldn't even be considering going back to the well.
1: I but but never back just, guys back-to-back, back, yeah. but I it fucks your head up a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, this one, you're like, maybe you really need to go to the well because when Xander and Finau, like essentially go back-to-back... <laughs> I <to> back, <laughs> like, yeah, Um, Yeah, so they all make sense. And Rory, if you like Rory, I would just sit and wait. You might even get a boost. Doesn't feel like we're hearing much talk. A lot of love for a lot of the other players um we acknowledge how ultra competitive it is but you know when the comps flying around are congressional and firestone and if i wanted to bet rory i could take last week and throw it right out the freaking window like
1: mm, I these would. are
2: different these are different courses it's not ideal you would like to the guy have played better like if rory had roms score he'd probably be eight to one like if Rory did what Rom did last week is kind of what I'm saying. Like he might even be shorter, but I think if you like Rory, just, just, just hold out and be lucky that he was so bad last week. I think you'll get some, some drift there. Uh, I assume you're 27 to one is more a And I guess you're making that, see, you're saying you're not expecting it to play long. And then there's mm-hmm. other, and I'm not saying you're wrong. And you're so good at doing your course research. Uh, There's other people that do that too that, I don't know, make it seem like it's going to play really long and make Mm. me think that if you can't hit it 320, like I don't know that Morikawa, I I don't know. But if it's not going to play long, then Morikawa feels perfect. And whether you bet Morikawa last week or didn't bet Morikawa last week, I wouldn't blame you one bit if you just said Even in him missing six-footers and two-footers, if you just saw enough to be like, no, he's ready to go. Like, it's now winning time. I saw enough from Colin to just get on the wagon. I don't really care how the course is going to play. I'm silly enough, though, Andy. And you know me. I don't know. Sometimes people might not like when you have me on because... I'm not going to like. That's not true. I'm not going <laughs> to debate you with like the hardest statistical angle to back up what I'm going to say. But I don't know. Part of me is more inclined in that range. Sung JM uh, and Victor, uh, Victor
1: Sam Burns.
2: Yeah, Burns was like. I just think you know the huge greens. I think can really be a be an asset to victor who i think despite the hype that i kind of put on him last week played pretty adequate like pretty good all things considering i uh, had his ups and downs his like plus seven or you know was like plus five in a two or three whole stretch on the friday afternoon but yeah i don't know i'm more i'm looking in that tier i'm looking more at sung jay and and victor than i am Morikawa, but if you're telling me it's not going to play long, then I got to reevaluate that a bit, I think.
1: I don't think so, personally, but you know, there's many ways to get to the same right answer, right? I mean, I, you know, I'm wrong all the time. I thought last week, the reason I wasn't on Zalatoris was, I thought there was going to be a way bigger penalty for we're driving, and I just didn't trust Zalatoris' ability to hit fairways. Now, I wasn't wrong. I mean, Zalator's hit about three fairways on Sunday and got some crazy bounces down the back nine, but it wasn't the penalty that I was expecting that I thought would get him into way more trouble than it did. Right. And As
2: Mayo put it, he just didn't hit it. it, He just wasn't wayward on the water holes, which was uh, (laughs) like, he was wayward a lot, but he wasn't wayward when there was like, yeah, and he got lucky. I guess you got to get lucky. Um, yeah, I'm not saying day. he
1: got lucky. I'm more saying, like, I actually think that you it was my a bigger mistake. price. You thought, yeah, I, I you, you underestimated. I thought his total
2: birdies would be the same, but there would just be enough numbers that would kill, or ki- not kill, but hurt the ability to win to the point where, like, you just can't make that many squares and win at a place like that. And he he did it. He did it. He did a great job.
1: hundred percent. And and not to get too into the weeds, but I I had some concerns about like the unpredictability of Bermuda rough. And then I was watching Zalatoris is swing path and the way he's so steep and get, we don't need to do that whole thing. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, listen, the reason that I am on Murakawa and I said this kind of about Southern Hills too, which is what led me to Justin Thomas is, if you actually map out the holes, which is something I've been trying to do more because I think it it's a lot... When you actually map out the holes, you figure out that courses, based on where the elevation changes are and the bunkers are, that they tend to play a lot differently than I think you would expect. That was another thing I talked about with the Joseph Amani. Anyway, but yeah. So when I mapped it out, I I was like, I think that they're going to pull driver here a lot. And I think that the iron shots are going to be from shorter numbers than people expect. And what I saw from Morikawa is even in a down year, Morikawa has remained, in my opinion, the best middle iron player in the world, the best middle to short iron player in the world. Right. And that was the angle I took when I mapped out Southern Hills. And I was like, wait, people saying this course is going to be long. Like, I don't see it. Give me the best guy inside 175 yards, which is JT at the time. And I kind of feel the same way about this course. Right. And, what Morikawa did on Sunday, I mean, he was <laughs> he missed two putts inside five feet on the back nine to shoot thirteen under. Right, and so he he what he was doing with his irons, it was it was pretty provocative stuff. The one thing that I'll say about Victor too, though, is like if you actually look at Victor's iron play this year, at least it hasn't been that far behind Morikawa. The problem and the the thing that Victor gets killed for too is the short game, how bad Victor's short game has been has been providing so much fucking cover for how bad Morikawa's short game has been. Morikawa's been like a little bit better than Hovland, but it hasn't been by much. So for me, it was always either going to be Hovland or Morikawa in this range. And I gave the slight edge to Morikawa. But if you want to go Victor in that slot, I've got no problems with that either.
2: Those all very um, good points, and and honestly, of the, there's such a finite small group of players I actually think can win. That how do you put this? I, I, I like course fit doesn't even matter for these guys. Like if I think Morikawa going to win, hundred percent, he's going to like just play like Call Morikawa. I don't care if like one course might fit him a little better than a different design. I have this feeling, or the stats are telling me that Morikawa's ceiling week is upon us. I'm just betting him. Like all the pl- like, I'm only debating between like the best players on tour for my money this week. That is it. That's Like hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. I always say that with the with the elite guys. With the elite guys, give the tiebreak to how they're playing. With the guys that you're digging for dirt in DraftKings at the bottom, look more at course fit. I always say that. You're 100% right. And I agree with you. I don't think that this week, like there are two bets that I would make above 40-1. to I'm not making either of them because I'm just sticking with my three guys under 35. The only two guys that I would... Actually, there's three. The only two guys that I would bet above 40 is Neiman. I would bet Hideki at sixty-five. I don't think Hideki at sixty-five is a bad bet. And I like Aaron Wise a lot this week, too.
2: So yeah, Neiman and Hideki were guys I spoke about um with Pat this morning. Hideki 65 seems like a real sneaky one. Yeah. And Neiman on bank grass, like he'll survive. If I go like hard at the top, then he's just dead. There'll just be no room for Neiman. I'll maybe be able to squeak in something like with Victor at 30, and that would literally just end me. If It'd be hard. But yeah, those would be the two. Neiman on bent grass survives to the end. Neiman last week, I think he showed a lot of us who are even fans of him like, you cannot win. You cannot finish top 10. And I can still be really impressed by what you did, especially because it's not, you could argue, not an ideal course fit with the Bermuda. Like, he just impressed me. So I would have no, no part of me would be shocked if Neiman played to his ceiling this week, which, in my opinion, would put him you know, like he wouldn't be a favorite versus any of the guys we mentioned, but I'd take my chances with him and a 45 to one versus any of the guys. Uh, And yeah, those, Hideki would probably be my like end point, but I respect a bunch of these guys, Wise, Connors.
1: Cam Davis, I like.
2: feels like a guy like, If he's going to win, it does kind of feel like maybe it would be something bigger than like a shitty event, but
1: yeah, that's fair.
2: I'm not there. I have, I have wax poetic about Adam Scott all year and while he's won nothing, I feel he's been consistent. Uh, Although I don't know that I could bet him this week. And honestly, the only thing over a hundred to one. And at this point, any bet you make, and I'm never doing each way. And I don't want to say I'm going to do them this week because then that could lead to me being overextended. And I'd rather just, I don't know, take my shots because that's my personality. But it is a FedEx Cup second leg. So if you're really betting anybody over 60 to 1, you probably should find some placings. Right. I think Pendrith is a fit here. <laughs> my guy. Um, I don't I, know much I about love the course. Taylor. Yeah, you could debate the course. It depends because... How do you put this depending how someone sees the course he's a fit he's a not fit It is
1: a good fit but, I, in my opinion
2: Yeah <laughs> I think he can smash it I think the range that Iron Range he works for I will be investing in in Pendrith in in some markets this week if if Pendrith didn't have the injury a- Andy I wouldn't be shocked if like a full season Pendrith was worth 60 70 to 1 in this event
1: I would have been betting Pendrith. I mean, I was literally, re- for, for two months straight, I was refreshing everything. As soon as the fields came out on Friday, I was refreshing to try and figure out when Taylor Pendrith was coming back for two months straight. And I I had him at the Rocket Mortgage and I was in the car listening to PGA Tour radio during that on a long drive. So I didn't get to seem like he kind of wilted a little bit on Sunday to to Tony, but he is really good. He's really good, and he hits the ball an absolute mile. And in terms, if you want to talk course fit, well, look at what Taylor Pendrith did the last time he was on a tree-lined bent grass course with bluegrass rough and somewhat easier scoring conditions. He almost won the Rocket Mortgage. He's had a ton of success on winged foot as well, which is the same strategy, in my opinion, that you want to take off the tee here. So I'm with you. I think he is... He's a bright light for Canadian golf. I think in your future, I seriously believe that he might be a star. Listen,
2: the Presidents Cup's going to go down in a month. I have no doubts that. I mean, maybe guys like Hadwin and Hughes are getting captains' pick conversations because they don't have much choice. I mean,
1: that's dumb. If they have any analytics guy working for them, no, they're, they shouldn't would take be
2: the Canadian who would be like a way better fit
1: at Quail Hollow. Fuck yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And I know they don't have a ton, but I would just say like respect and reputation. I I, I have very little confidence. They're even considering them and maybe he doesn't even deserve to go. You could do, I don't even care to deep dive into who their captain's picks are. I know they're not going to be attractive, um, uh, you know, compared to what's going to go on on the other side. But uh, yeah, like in terms of Canadian golf, if Anyone other than Corey Connors gets to go to Quail Hollow, Taylor Pendrith is who it should be. <laughs>
1: um, I think since we've probably we've touched on most of the guys that I want to talk about, um, I floated this theory. Now that you got me on the Presidents' Cup, I wanted to ask you this because I I floated this theory as like a semi joke, but I also like kind of believe it. Do you think that they that part of what was in Cam Smith's contract was we want you to sign now and we'll cover what you could have made in the FedEx cup. This is a message that we want to send about the insignificance in our minds of the FedEx cup playoffs and the president's cup. Do you think he's gone?
2: Shit. I honestly don't know. Andy, that's I was like a lot of people thought he would just fully have his cake and eat it too. I'm not surprised by anything live would do in terms of a buyout like i'm sure anyone with commercial value like a, even a ricky fowler who you know shocking good for i don't know what the story is there but i have no doubts if if ricky was told by puma if i'm leaving they're gonna drop me live would say okay what does puma owe you we'll just pay you that like right i have no doubts they're happy to make the make goods on what you could lose cam smith you want to embarrass the PGA? We'll give you a second-place FedEx Cup check just to not play in it. Maybe that's – pull. I don't know that that helps them. I would argue Cam Smith going out and beating Jordan Spieth would help them more. Cam Smith becoming number one in the world. Live actually taking the current number one in the world. Yeah. Yeah player of the PGA player of the year, which is what would happen. His season would be better than Scotty Scheffler's, which is one FedEx cup win. You could argue it might be better now, just based on the separation of dates between the wins that he really like. was more consistent from January to today was cam Smith. So I would argue live would get more out of him playing and then taking him giving him that spotlight but i'll tell you what andy i'll tell you what i think the fedex cup in some ways in my opinion should scare the bejesus out of live and by Mm. that i mean i don't mean that the fedex cup is good or special i mean the fact that the fedex cup has never fully resonated in the American sports psyche, in the world sports psyche. Should show you all you need to know that the FedEx Cup is the PGA Tours version of cash grab golf.
1: Right. Cash
2: grab golf never moved the needle. It never moved the needle. In a million years, Lives could get five more whales. They'll never have a field like last week. They'll never have a field like this week. The casuals don't recognize St. like they don't this week doesn't move. Anyone's like moves our needle. We love yeah. this. And we'll find time for it at the end of August when we're the psychopaths. Cause it's the end of fucking August and you shouldn't be home watching golf. But, right. but, but to me, it's like you want a, a trial ground for in the best case scenario of the world live could be what the FedEx cup is. Like, I mean, that is like the, in my point, like a field that strong cash grab golf. It never resonated. Not saying people don't watch it, but I even put out a poll like, yeah, we like the field. We acknowledge the field is strong, but the FedEx cup doesn't matter. Patrick Cantley won it last year. No one is going to sit here and say that he was the best, like in that moment in time. Can can you
1: name off the top of your head who won the FedEx cup in 2019?
2: Mate like Rose? I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know no Rose idea. or
1: uh, spe- that's I, the point, I, yeah, right? I, there's no there's no emotional investment or connection you to would the fans.
2: Never, and I said this to my boys at Bed who like they'll do a prop show on anything. You would <laughs> never in January when we're doing season preview, okay, who's gonna win this major, who's gonna win that major, who do we think's gonna break through? Or you could be anytime. You would never like, oh, who's gonna win the FedEx Cup? Because no. it doesn't prove anything. All it would tell you is you're not betting on who the hottest golfer from August 5th to August 25th is. Like, anyhow, my point being is it really, in my opinion, the FedEx Cup in and of itself is the live test run. And and it's never resonated. So, how on earth can live ever resonate in the psyche if If and the FedEx Cup is the best field, Liv will never have a field like this week, even with four more whales. I shouldn't say that. In the near field, like even if they had a field like this week, right? Cash grab golf just doesn't really move the needle. It just doesn't. So there's my thoughts on that. And as for Cam Smith, I kind of agree with a lot of I don't know why I feel less harsh about him than others. Maybe it's because like his timing is so perfect. How do you fault him in any way? I kind of part of me wants to have sympathy for the for the angle andy that He's not an American.
1: Right. That's a good point. Yeah. He's an
2: Australian. And you've seen that come out of Australian media because they're going to stand up for their boy. And I don't even play this as a be loyal to Greg Norman because he's Australian. I mean, the PGA has taken a dump on Australia, but at the same time, the PGA has taken a dump on a lot of great American cities. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of places the PGA has taken a dump on, but it has taken a dump on Australia. This guy can move home. Liv says they're going to play multi-events in Australia. He can the Asia, like He's just closer for their Asians. He can just move back home to where all of his friends and families live. That doesn't mean he has to sell his Jupiter boat and compound. It's a Mm -hmm. lovely place to go and own. And Liv's going to play tons of North American golf and you have your home here, but I don't know. It just feels so much different to me than, you know, maybe it's all just personal preference. And when a guy wins you like seven K, like a month ago, you're you're easier on a decision he might want to make, but I don't I don't know. They have no allegiances to American pro sport. It would be like if he told you, "I watch uh, Aussie rules football. The NFL is boring to me." Like that's just what he. Right. I can't debate that with an Australian.
1: Right. Right. A lot to unpack there. Well, I I, I agree. I agree with you. First of all, the point about him having less allegiance to the pga tour uh because he's australian i completely agree and the pga tour has done like a very substandard job with i mean they even kind of next some of their uh malaysian events and stuff like that they haven't done the best job of they've done an incredible for all that shit too yeah they've, they've done an incredible job with some u.s based charities but They've struggled to kind of figure out how to incorporate some of the international stuff in a better way. You also bring up a good counterpoint with your counterpoint on Smith about um about how it's almost more beneficial for live if he wins the FedEx Cup and comes on to live as a new number one player in the world. I think that's a good counterpoint. I think that's probably right. The reason why I presented the other theory is because I've been very Critic I think Liv has done some really stupid things, but I also think they've done some pretty... I think the way that they have rolled out, I think some of the guys working in their PR department are really dumb and some of them are really, really smart. And I think their rollout strategy with how the news how they've created this constant news cycle almost like even when a live event isn't happening it's almost like the nfl off season where there's always smoke right and they've they did all of that is intentional right the idea of we're leaving these spots open in the field we're going to have this guy come Ooh. first and then we're going to wait this amount of time and have well, this guy this come in, uh, It's It's yep. it's all that is all calculated and so i thought to myself like You think it's possible that Greg Norman, who at this point, like the ship has sailed in terms of, you know, amicable relationships, right. Between the PGA tour and, and web. And part of that is who part of that is the PGA tour's fault. And also part of that is how this was always going to play out when you have Greg Norman leading your organization. But part of me was thinking like, man, if I'm Lev's PR team and I wanted to really show how little we give a shit about the president's cup and how little we give a shit about the fedex cup i mean they're making 19 million dollars a minute the saudi aramco earnings just got reported today they made 48.4 billion in quarter 2 i could see them being like hey cam sign now sign now here's it here's here's an extra 20 mil that's the purse of the fedex cup sign now and show these guys what it looks like when you're in the field in live Boston in two weeks after skipping out on Eastlake. So that's a... Th- I think your side is probably right, but it's an interesting theory I was thinking about.
0: Okay.
2: I would... They would have done it, like, before last week, then. Like, Good point. This thing, yeah. They had this thought on the weekend.
1: Probably. Like
2: this ...morning. Like, if you wanted to bail on the FedEx Cup, you have bail last week, and then he doesn't... I mean, at this point, all I would say to him is it's one thing you could like your opinions can change. You could be presented with new things. And I know like w- what a lot of guys have said. You can't really trust anybody, you know, guys put out statements that said they were staying right. Bert essentially mocked anyone who'd be a big enough loser to go to live and ended up there himself. But this close to everything, when directly asked if he's playing in the President's Cup, he said, I'm a man of my word. Mm. Uh, Like, yes, I'm a man of my word. That would put him in, like, Brooks Kepka, you're so stupid loser territory. And this is somebody who just a minute ago was an apologist for him because of the Aussie things. Again, maybe because he won me money. That would be disgusting. And I feel like I'm dumb enough to be naive enough to be like the president's cup thing is a multi-year thing. He's given him his word. I kind of see that coming through. Maybe he doesn't play the FedEx cup and still plays the president's cup and doesn't tee up. I don't know if he plays in Boston.
1: Right. No, you're, you're right about that point about why would he have played in the first event is right. I didn't think about that. And that (laughs) wouldn't make a ton of sense or something. Or something changed. Yeah, or something changed, right? Like, I, yeah. I, I hear you on that press We're conference about the president's guy. Like,
2: but. Vibes in the locker room, maybe. Right. I fully assume the Scheffler thing was totally
1: innocent. Like, if yeah. Billy
2: Horschel did it, then right. maybe, like, that was on purpose, just because of, like, how certain people have spoken. Kevin Kisner did it. Like maybe that was on purpose. Scotty Scheffler doing it. Like I didn't have a thought in my body that was an intentional. I also think as fans we like care way more than the players. Um,
1: I agree with that too
2: about these sorts of things. It's kind of like pro sports. Like you have guys that want to be the best and then you have guys that get drafted this like i get three contracts out of it like just staying in the league is like the win like i got drafted like first round like i won being great if i'm like good enough to be great that'd be fun but i'm not like going to work every day to try to be freaking great like
1: yeah
2: i you know it just everyone's got different personalities as to how they They see things. I'm still pretty naive to think that Cam Smith's going to actually play in the FedEx Cup finale. And yeah, that's probably a really naive thought, to be honest, the more that I say it.
1: No, he might. I I don't know. I, I think he could go in a lot of directions with it. I floated that theory, but I think there are some really good counterpoints to the contrary. Or he's hurt.
2: <laughs> yeah, Bori's hurt. Ori is just hurt. On that note, like all like really quick, Andy.
1: Yeah, let's do football.
2: Yeah, but we're just like pretty much a month out. I think it's okay to let the book sit on your minus 320, minus 325, minus 340 for the president's cup. I'm not like if you're yeah, like you're gonna make 30% money in a month. You stocks guys will take that in, like, a six-year investment. Like, I'm telling you, you're going to get it in a month, in a month. I don't even care if Cam Smith plays. I don't care if Hideki plays. They can let Anser come back and play. There is no chance. We were talking about their captain's picks. Like, it's going to be Ryan Like, I don't want to deep dive. I don't want to, like, load up who they're going to be. It's just going to be an annihilation at Quail Hollow. And you can, it's like a month ago, six months, like months ago, it'd be like, who wants to let that money sit there and wait? It's now within a month. I think it's kosher to let the heavy money just sit in the book And take your thirty percent in a month. I do. I think we're now inside the time frame where it's an acceptable move. I know you got your NFL futures. Once they announce the teams,
1: though, Jeff. Once people see how crazy the teams are on paper, the line's going to move.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be five hundred. Even if Cam Smith is there by the time it starts, like four hundred. Even if Cam Smith is there, it's going to be like north of minus four hundred. Um, so that's just my advice in the sports betting world. My, like it's an laughable take to advise it in like the money-making world. 30% a month is, 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 is a move anyone would want. So there, there, that's it. We can, let's go football. It'll be on during football. That's uh, all, I know.
1: all right. So I want to, I, I dug into football for the first time this week. So I, I got, I dove, I haven't done, I haven't made a lot of bets yet, but I really started to get the gears turning in my mind, kind of in football mode. I have some takes I want to run by you real quick and some bets that I want to run by you real quick, but give me quick, like what's the state of the union? Cause I ran a, I, I ran a bit of a football model and I don't, I don't pretend to make, to know as much about football as I do about golf and say that my football models are as good as my golf models, but you crushed it. My perception I did crush. is you absolutely
2: I, crushed it last year. I, and I know like the Chargers ruined some perfect weeks for you. You go four and one and your one loss was like picking the fucking Chargers. I remember
1: that too a lot, too. Right. So that's what I was gonna ask you. It's like the the Chargers to be have like are the are at minimum the fifth worst team in the the fifth best team in the NFL. Like I took I, I think you gotta go over ten wins. At the um, Andy.
2: I bet that's so hard. you think you don't even need to bet a single game this year. The problem is I don't have the willpower on the weeks to not individually play the games. But yeah, I took minus ten minus like one eighteen when it dropped. Um, and now it's like a minus ten and a half minus one like forty ish. So I feel I think yeah. I got
1: minus one thirty ten which yeah, i was yeah, happy
2: yeah with. no i like i like it i like it I, i'm in on that heavy heavy, but, heavy. But, but
1: but, like are they the? are they catching too much steam are they because the, i imagine i was looking at a lot of football numbers and if i'm looking at all these things and i know all the professional betters are looking at these things too with the grading of the different units and th- i mean they you could make a case that their linebackers are that may be like the slight weakness in their defense, but you stack this roster up on paper. Like, are they, are they, are they everyone's pick this year? Cause I don't, I haven't, you know, I'm not like deep into NFL Twitter. I've been listening to a bunch more NFL podcasts and stuff like that, but what's like the temperature of the room on, on the chargers? Are people picking this team to win the Super Bowl?
2: I've seen some, but not as, I mean, not as much people as I want. I mean, Warren Sharp, pick them. You could argue Warren's great with like the data mining, but he's res- not he's, exactly... He's my
1: guy. He's the guy that I follow in my strategy yeah, with NFL. He he, and
2: listen, I'm, yeah. I was booking Warren before he was anybody. In the same way, I used to book Florio for radio when he was still doing like court in West Virginia, and we had to book him between literally doing court, and you see these guys become superstars, and it's like, ah, I used to bug them when they were nobodies, but... Yeah, so Warren Sharp has picked them. That helps. Uh, I, I it, Before last year's Super Bowl, like literally as soon as they dropped lines for the Super Bowl, whatever day that was, you know, Joey Knish. He's mm-hmm. just an entertaining. I find him yeah. entertaining. People can have their own opinion. Hardcore Lions guy almost to a parody. He posted that he bet the line. He posted the ticket from. But I don't. Uh, I don't care to say the book. I posted the ticket. He put five hundred bucks on the Lions, just because like it's for his brand. He's like a Lions guy. He's always right. just backing them. It's part of like the bit. Uh, and I, in my head, I'm like, if Joey's putting five hundred on the Lions, for my brand, I'm going to put five hundred on the Chargers. I got them at twenty five to one, and and which is really weird because now they're fourteen. And the, they got stronger, but so did the division. And when I bet them at 25 to one, I sent it to like people, be like, I just did this. And if the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers and it goes to 28 or 30, I'll put another 500 on it. But I'm just doing it because I need, I do it. That's what I do. You drop. Nonetheless, that's just me saying I have my number. Last year I had a 40. I thought was a great number. They didn't even make the playoffs. Long-winded way of saying I think Charger futures are incredibly overvalued. Fourteen to 1, 15 to one now to win the Super Bowl.
1: That's not good.
2: Feels kind of crazy. Like Staley to win Coach of the Year, fourteen to one. Those always feel insane. Herbert ten to one to win MVP would probably be my favorite of those. Just because if all those things do happen, I feel like that would be what they'd be most inclined thing to do. Now, as for the State of the Union, I can't really speak to these people. The buzz, like, I'm sure they're hype, they're always overhyped. So they'll be overhyped this year. I'll just do this. Like, how do I put this, Andy? They did so much on defense that I don't even think people like realize. I know. Like people are noticing Khalil Mack and JC Jackson, and for obvious reasons, as they should. Cause the chargers don't normally trade second round picks for premium players and never done it. And they don't normally sign a player on day one free agency that plays an impact position like they did with JC Jackson. I don't know if that was day one, but it was top of market first couple of days. What have you, the offense is the offense. The offense is amazing. This is Justin Herbert, you know, in all of college, he never had the same offensive coordinator in two straight years in the pros he's yet to have that so this will be the first time he'll be more comfortable in the offense i don't feel like i need to speak about the offense the defense that was so top heavy but broken everywhere else in the past is now like they brought in like seven eight guys uh khalil Mack, jc jackson Sebastian Joseph Day, Sebastian Joseph Day, who I adore, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox, Bryce Callahan, uh Kyle Van Noy. Like, there are guys that were starters on last year's defense that I think get cut when we have to go to 53. There were starters in last year's secondary that are Now practicing on special teams and we pay them a lot of money like Michael Davis, because the team got so deep. Derwin James is going to be allowed to do two jobs instead of five and a half. Andy, (laughs) all this, this is like for the golf thing. This is like when, if I get a median putting week out of Morikawa, the field is fucked. Mm. I feel like when I get, if I get league media and defense, everything I want will be possible, but there is a way where I think the defense can be really good. Now, in the end, it's same old chargers in the end. People can be scared about the coach. I think like, I like the coach I'm buying in, but if this is a year where we dick around, I don't care who you are. You could be my mom. Like you're going to walk the fucking plank. If you waste two years of Justin Herbert, like you're just, you're dead to me. Like I could love you today, but I will kill you tomorrow. No, it's unacceptable in this modern world of football. Like I, you can't waste these years. Yeah. of Justin Herbert. So even if you're a great coach, I don't know, something crazy would have to happen for me to not want your head on a stake.
1: Well, I mean, we, you have to imagine he's going to get maybe the biggest quarterback contract in NFL history, the way the cap's moving pretty soon. Yeah,
2: him and Burrow and, and right. whatever. That's just is what it is. We'll work it. As night. it should be. Yeah. And on, I mean, shit, I want to make, on that note, because this going to release tomorrow. mm mm-hmm. you know, We're talking tonight if this Derwin James contract isn't done by like Thursday, I'm going to start to have a problem <laughs> to me. Like Derwin James is the best player on the chargers on yeah. the chargers. That includes every single charger. Derwin James is the best player on the chargers at the start of camp. He's doing one of those great things, which are these hold in nows. Cause he's there every day at camp. He works with the boys. He's meeting. He's like an assistant coach. He's really bought in. Like he's an all-in guy, but you get why he's not practicing. And that's why it's not like a news story, because he's really there every day. He's just being an assistant coach as a central player, because he's not practicing, working out individually. But the season's getting soon. And there's like, I just need him in. But at the start of camp, they said we've got the big things done. This contract is now about little things, and everyone who around the football is like, "Oh, it's going to be a matter of days." But everyone who knows the Chargers, Andy, the little things. This is like we're like a team that will go out to we'll go spend forty thousand at the club. It'll be the bottles of Dom, and the and, and when it's time for the bill it's time for the bill we'll be like who bought the two dollar sprite like there's a sprite on my bill who bought the sprite do you know like i so i'm trying to keep my cool because Mm. a lot and i defend like the family the organization a lot because I feel like they're unfairly maligned for being cheap and doing things because no good players ever like not been re-signed in my life. The only good player they honestly let truly walk was Vincent Jackson. But that's what happens when you get a, get arrested the morning of a playoff game. And then in the playoff game, throw a personal throw a penalty flag at the official. Like you're allowed to not want that player back on your team, but, but th- I can't deny this. It's like the Bosa di- like we are the stickler. So I can't imagine. So now it's getting and the little things can turn into like resenting things. So that's just got to get done. And I spent too much time talking about it. It's got to get done in closing. Last year, Staley said we were going to write new movies. And sometimes it felt like a beautiful mind. And other times it felt like I was watching Ernest, Derek scared stupid. <laughs> I can only hope that if he feels he can trust his defense, we're still going to be a fourth down team. We're still going to be near at the top of the league, but the crazy shit, like you have to understand, I'd have to think a lot of that insane shit had to come from the worst third down defense in the league. The worst rushing defense in the league. The worst like time of possession defense in the league. Like, of course, you probably feel like Herbert's got to just go for fourth down. I feel like if that isn't the case, the crazy fourth down shit probably goes away. You I can agree. Turn to that defense. That defense, healthy, will get you the ball back maybe in three plays. You were at the game. We went to the game together. They shouldn't have lost to the Patriots. The problem was the Patriots possessed the ball and ran two times the amount of plays.
1: The whole damn time. Yeah.
2: They couldn't get off the field. And then in perfect Patriot fashion, a bad turnover, which we're known to do and they're known to make, but the defense just couldn't. So like you have to assume that from an outsider, if he gets league median defensive play, if he gets like top 12 defensive play, there's no way the, ins- the fourth down insanity stuff can continue. Like, you know, on our own 18 yard line, sort of shit like that stuff. I'm out charger radio over.
1: <laughs> when are you? Uh, Hey, wh- when are you, have you looked at the schedule yet and figured out when, when you're making the pilgrimage part two, we can't end on that note.
2: No, I got to get one back. But part of me doesn't want to go back there either. (laughs) It just still felt like an airport lounge to me. Like when you're in your seat, it's a beautiful facility. Seems like every seat is nice. But I just felt like I'm in some like airport. And listen, I'm a Chargers fan. I'm not supposed to have some experience of a home field. I get it. But I don't know. I'd rather like a dungy other, I'd rather like a beaten down. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, don't know a what.
1: stadium with a little heart and soul, and so yeah, doesn't it's, have it's a soulless heart and soul.
2: Building, it's yeah. built for like the Rolling Stones and WrestleMania. Like it's. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And and you know what, Andy? That's probably again. It's growing, like little by little, the fan base will be a bit bigger. I think. You'll see it. You'll see it. Like they're playing when they play. I don't know. Just give me any team. When they play the Cleveland Browns, it's invaded by Cleveland Browns. But I think going forward, you're going to see mom and dad in their Browns jerseys and 12 year old Timmy in his Herbert with mom and dad. Like
1: you might be right. Herbert's that good. Don't, don't think they're. Don't think mom and dad's buying a Deshaun Watson jersey for that.
2: Well, well, yeah, sure. I mean, I guess <laughs> you can turn it into any team. Like I, no, I do know, I know, like, I know. The ten-year-old boy who lives in L.A. and it's hard because the Rams won the Super Bowl, so he probably just knows that and wants the darker blue team that wins. Yeah, um, d-
1: Herbert's Herbert's more of a Herbert's got more juice than Stafford. I agree. There are more Rams fans in L.A. and it's not. Close, but I think if you're projecting the future, I agree. No, but that's a
2: debilitating thing. Like you to bet a team to win the Super Bowl, like with no home field advantage, and then like it's like the teams like the Chiefs and the Bills are not only amazing teams, but they truly have these in, like like fantastic home field advantages. I'm not making an excuse. I think though, whatever. But I just mean, like, it's hard. I get it. It's hard for people to pull that trigger. 14 to 1 seems, honestly, to me, seems like a crazy number. The schedule is light. That's why, you know, listening to some of the guys that do the hardened all-day betting content, they say the number is small because the schedule, they start with Raiders, Chiefs, and you just got to assume they can find a way to one and one there, like worst, like one and one. As long and as that's then one and
1: one, the middle period they go through a stretch in the middle of their schedule where there are a lot of there are a lot of W's in there.
2: Yeah, so that's what people are talking about. It's like well, here is the thing: if you don't want to bet the Chargers to start the season, the problem is the schedule sets up for them to be like get Seven off to a and, really as long yeah. as they don't go zero and two versus the Raiders and the Chiefs. Which I don't think they will, but I'm self aware enough to know that's possible. You know the you know like those they're both going to be three three and a half under three point spreads. You can be zero and two in that. Then it's just a runaway of Jacksonville, Houston, Atlanta, Seattle, Cleveland. Week five, which is uh, Watson. So they're set up to be okay.
1: I have but- them starting. Yeah, I have them starting like seven and one. And then I have them stumbling a little bit in the second half, but I still have them at 12.
2: They'll break my heart. Like, I have no doubt about that. They'll, they'll break my heart. They Yeah.
1: Um. Quickly, who gets out of the NFC, in your opinion? Because I have some thoughts on this.
2: It's why, you know, like, I think, I, I don't know. I have a future on the Vikings, but that doesn't mean I actually believe the Vikings, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what. I think people are, and this is just when I ran the numbers and I do it by I grade out all the units and then I put a percentage. It, anyway, the point I'm the point I'm going to make is I think people are overrating the Devonte Adams loss. I think the Packers roster is stacked. I really do. I think they're, I think they might have the best linebacking core in the NFL. I love AG Dillon. I love their secondary. They might have a top three front seven as well. I think their offensive line is awesome. My only concern, and this is like the opposite of, you know, unquantifiable, not number space is like, I, I just, is, is Rogers like too weird? Like, is he just going through like a, has he are people in the locker room responding to this right like i like that's my only concern like he, he just seems like he's going through a bit of a a thing right now and is this guy going to be a leader of men and lead a team to winning a super bowl but i think the packers roster is unbelievable i think they have a top 3 roster still in the nfl and if you can and listen man like if rogers is great Think about how many Super Bowls Tom Brady's won with like substandard receiving corps, right? Like he had that one year with Wes Welker and Randy Moss, right? But like Rogers should, if Rogers is the guy that we think he is, he should be able to overcome this. I actually kind of like their rookies, the two rookie receivers that they drafted to, not saying they're Devontae or anything like that. But I think people are actually overrating that loss a little bit, in my opinion. And I think, I think, I think they're going to be really, really good this year. I just have concerns about like, and then, too, like I want to get your take on the Packers, but I have a, I have a take on the Bucks too. But it, I just like my, I, I, I worry about like what's, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers right now. Is this a guy I want to lock my money up with?
2: Yeah, I actually really like the case you made for the Packers, and the NFC feels like Their there was roster
1: a great- is good it's really good you
2: believe that the nfc took a drop off it just kind of feels like in many respects or so wide open that for all the heat the packers are taking you could argue their door actually opened maybe a little bit bigger um it's something i hadn't really thought about but for all the heat they've gotten this offseason their lane to the super bowl might have actually gotten wider in some respects now you might have to feel as you do about Devontae, but I, I I, I, don't want to make this about Devontae and make it more about, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, like Tom Brady, like any great quarterback, like they just make great receivers. Like they will make the receivers. It's the same way like Chargers just protect Justin Herbert. He will turn stars out of whoever is playing receiver there um, over the next decade. If they have great receivers, that will be better. Um, and I, yeah. So, yeah, that that does kind of make sense. I I, I could see that. And the Bucks, I there's don't something know off. Like,
1: with, there's something off with the Bucks, Jeff. There's, so, well, I, I'm it's just, it's
2: bad. It's bad. It's not good. It's there's the just, Jensen. There's no replacing the Jensen injury. Jensen, like Brady, that was essentially announced in co. Like with the Brady returning, like Brady told Jensen, I'm coming back with the Bucks, probably before he told anyone else in his life, go get your contract done with the Bucks. It's, it was a horrible camp injury. There's no replacing that. You don't like seeing his O line get inferior. All I will say about this, and I said it with some content with Pat that hasn't even come out yet, is I'm not counting out Brady, but. And I'm not saying he's not deserving or worthy of a special schedule that gives him days off and he can do whatever he wants. But disappearing for the amount of time, like Brady is always an all in, like I'm all in, I'm all in 190%. It was like the reason he said I'm retiring, like if I can't be all in, like I'm nothing. Right. That's just why it's so weird. A guy that was always, if I'm not all in, I'm nothing, just disappeared. I don't mean not playing games. You cannot not play, you don't end up just to not be there, to not be in installations and practice. It is so weird. It's the opposite of all in. And I'm not saying there's not a special schedule he deserves and could be worthy of. And he gets days off, other people don't. But that's not what has happened there this summer. That is not what has happened there. And then, if you want to peel it back even more, it's as simple as he didn't want to retire. He was kind of forced into that situation. The Brian right. Flores thing made his backdoor angle to Miami. He wanted his- to
1: go to Miami. I thought right. he wanted to go to Miami. That whole so thing was so weird. He
2: doesn't want to. He's somewhere he doesn't want to be. You could tell, like he clearly, in some ways, was the reason Aryans resigned. Like that could have been part of it.
1: Hundred think- percent.
2: We could be reading so much more into it. His boy Gronk isn't there at the moment to keep things light. Yeah, put have a smile fun with on Kyle Rudolph.
1: Things, He's terrible.
2: To make like, you know, long days at camp, like, you know, even a joke by Gronk at lunch, like, can really just maybe change your mood. <laughs> I'm now reading so far into it, but there are like a few really big things and a hundred little things that I am going to be one of these people that are like really going to fade this team.
1: I bet them five to one to miss the playoffs. Now that's a long shot, but every single year there's a team that what could go wrong will go wrong. Like every single year, there's a team that people say is a Super Bowl contender, and then the pieces fall apart quickly. And and I think it, I think the Bucks' schedule coming out the gates, in my opinion, is actually pretty tough. Um, But listen, I I last year my Super Bowl pick was I'm not embarrassed to admit it because I did so well on, you know, week to week, but I had Ravens over Seahawks. Right. And you want to talk about two teams that had these Super Bowl aspirations, really, really great rosters. And then it was just immediately what could go wrong would go wrong. Right. And both of those teams end up missing the playoffs. There's a team every single year that is going to have an over under of 10 and a half or whatever wins are, and are going to miss the playoffs. And, there's just a lot of weird stuff going on with that team, in my opinion. I mean, I don't even, like, I don't even, from what I've heard, Mike Evans isn't even fully healthy yet. Godwin's coming off the ACL. Like, I think the Rudolph to Gronk thing is a, is a big deal too, as well. You mentioned the offensive line and then Brady's talking about how he doesn't, he doesn't like the heat in Tampa and he's angry at practices and walking out of practices early and why he. It's just like, I, I I just, I think they're the best candidate. If you want to take a shot, if you want to take a shot on more of a long shot bet, I would say bet the saints to win the division. And I, I took the bucks at five to one to miss the playoffs. I think they have implosion. Like, I think they have like break, like what the hell is going on implosion territory. And I'm probably going to look really stupid when they win the Super Bowl. but I think they're a good candidate for that in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, I think the case is fair. I mean, I agree with it. And then the question is who gets the door opened? And and yeah, uh, New Orleans would probably be my pick, but I'm also like this weird Jameis fanboy who- I like him.
1: Jameis. I think he's he good. Loves.
2: I'm one of these people that think like, okay, what if Jameis kept his ceiling- But that year behind Breeze and that extra year in New Orleans with with Peyton and just in the culture, like, elevates his floor. His floor in Tampa was horrible. Like, it was, you know, 30 picks, 30 touchdowns. But the ceiling was like, you know, top 10 quarterback. The floor was like, we can't trust him at all. I am dumb enough to think that floor could be so much higher And the ceiling can remain. Most people, when I say that, do laugh at me. I'm not here to, like, bet Jameis to...
1: Well, they have a really good defense, too. And, like, even before he got hurt last year, I thought he was making smarter decisions, whether that is the LASIK eye surgery thing or whatever. But, no, listen, it's, like, I get. You are going to look so stupid doing the doubt Brady thing. I completely get it i'm just saying if you're looking for like a long shot value bet i like the saints in that division and i i'm fading the bucks a little bit and i think the packers are going to win the super bowl i I bet the packers at 12 to 1 to win the super bowl so we got to get out of here any one what i'll give you two more win totals bet the cardinals under i don't like that team at all i bet them under eight and a half this is popular i don't like the bears at all either that number's Juicy. I took them under six and a half at like minus one sixty. I'm seeing minus one ninety some places. And I took I don't like the Giants at all. And I'm a Giants fan. I took them under seven.
2: Okay. Uh I took the Vikes over nine. I got the Chargers over ten. And to piggyback on your Brady Bucks thing, I guess it's only fitting to say. I don't think I've ever done it, but I'm in on the under.
1: Oh, well, yeah, it's like 10 and a half, 11, no. or something like
2: that. Yeah, I'm going the other, taking this somewhere else, but on the way out, I'm going under Bill Belichick and the Patriots, the Joe Judge, Patricia. Mm, yeah. If it works there this year, like I'm going to bet the under on the Patriots, but maybe throw a couple bucks on Belichick to win coach of the year 30 to one. Because <a> good <laughs> if, if, let's just say they're really good. Like you're going to look at me like his staff is Patricia and Judge and his son. Like, we all thought he was an idiot, and they're amazing again. I actually do think the rug comes out a little bit. I think Jones, I don't know. Like, I get it. He's a game manager. It's never sexy there, and they're always amazing. So, all look like the idiot. You're picking on Brady. I'm picking on Belichick, but I agree with you on Brady. Andy's always great to chat with you. I'm sorry. You get me going. Chargers radio, PGA radio. I don't know. fires me up anytime. <laughs>
1: We'll do it again soon, buddy. Plug your stuff real quick before we get out of here. What do you got going on this week?
2: Honestly, nothing if I can't get my internet to work.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jeff's been on a cell phone this whole time, FYI.
2: And I'll get to you. I'm gonna be down there in LA around Christmas, but okay. um I think, yeah, around Christmas time this year. So we'll we figure shall, it out. We shall see. I don't I forget the schedule. You'd think I would know, but I don't. Um all right, boss. All the best.
1: All right. Good to see you, Jeff. All right. That is it for the podcast. Special thanks to Jeff. Special thanks to RickRungood.com. No course preview next week for Eastlake. I will be at my cousin's wedding. Shout out Will, who, by the way, is an incredible sports writer based out of Detroit. So I would highly recommend following him if you are a Lions fan. Uh, He always gives me some great nuggets. Anyway, we will be back on this podcast feed talking to Joseph Omania, uh next week uh, on his work providing data and information to PGA Tour Pros. That will probably come out Monday or Tuesday. We'll see. Uh, but until then, best of luck with your bets this week, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream. Where mobile still runs crack,
2: and the dead center back road stop.